Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. I'm Erica Allen. I'm one of the pastors here at Horizon Church, and I have a new um, thing here. Do y'all like it? Thank you. Thank you very much. It's got a Horizon Church. Uh, uh, Anyway, I'm Erica Allen. I'm one of the pastors here, and we're beginning a new series today called First Things First. It's how we make sure our next time isn't like the last time. I think the, the thing that, I, that just helped me realize how many of us need to be in this, a few years ago, I was in a ministry program in Memphis, Tennessee, and there was a Friday night worship service for folks who were in recovery. And so I went to the worship service. My mentor who was in recovery was leading the service, and he told me, he said, I want you to come to the service, but don't speak. Whatever you do, don't talk, just sit back And listen, um, for those of you that don't know me, that is a very hard thing (laughs) to ask me to do. But he's like, do not just just sit back and watch how things happen. And so it was an amazing worship service. I I watched the folks really interact and connect because they all had sort of this common theme. They were all in recovery. And there was this point at the end of the service. Remember, this is the summer. My birthday's in the summer. And they said, if you have a birthday, will you stand up and tell us when your birthday is? And so... um, you know, a few people stood up and said their birthday. And I'm like, my birthday's two days from now. I'm sitting in this room. I've worshiped with this group of people. Your mentor said, sit down and be quiet. But I love birthdays. We call my birthday like Erica Palooza. We celebrate it for a week. Like, I want these people to know it's my birthday. Like everybody else is celebrating. So I'm like sitting there in the back of the the church. Like he told you to sit still and be quiet. He told you to sit still and be quiet. But all these other people are popping up saying when their birthday is. And what do you think I did? I just couldn't sit there, (laughs) y'all. So I popped up and I said, my birthday's June 19th. And everyone, it was like this awkward silence and everyone just stared at me. Like they knew that I had no idea what I was saying or what I was doing. The service started back. They like got over this awkward moment. And this woman two rows in front of me turned around and she said, girl, I don't know if you know this. Just speaking real truth to me, right? Girl, I don't know if you know this, but most of the people in this room their life didn't start on their birthday. And she just turned back around. That is the best thing anybody has ever told me in a worship service. My life didn't start when I was born. My new life started when I experienced the new thing that God had for me. That's what she was saying to me. You must be lucky that you think your life started on the day you were born. But your life starts on the day everything becomes new and you can live as a different person. That is what I want for every single person in this room. I want this message series, I want this season to be the moment where you look back at people and you say, that's when my life started. And we get there by making first things first. I'm tired of showing up to my life and my next time being like my last time. I'm tired of living that life. And I met with y'all for coffee. Y'all are tired of it too. I want to be a better dad. I want to be a better entrepreneur. I want to be a better leader. I want to be a better colleague, a better wife, a better parent. I want to be better. I want my life to be new. And we get there by making first things first. And that means your life over the next couple of weeks, that means your life is going to be rearranged a bit. But this is the good news, y'all. Your next time, your next time is not going to be like the last time. 
your next time is not going to be like the last time. In order for us to get to this point, we have to realize what's keeping us stuck in our next times continuing to be like our last times, right? Let's be honest about some things that are holding us back, some myths that we began to believe in our, in our culture, in our world, and in our life that's keeping us from experiencing the new life that God has for us. There's three things. The first myth is that experience makes us wiser. Anybody heard this? Anybody, some of y'all might believe this. Experience makes us wiser. Can I tell y'all something? Experience makes you older. It gives you gray hair. It makes you tired. It makes you exhausted. It does not make you wiser in and of itself. You can be sitting here and you've gone through a lot of things in your life, but experience, it only makes us wiser when it's evaluated. Evaluated experience makes us wiser. So many of us are stuck in these patterns of our lives. We, we wind up in the exact same relationship. People are like, I don't understand why this is happening to me again. I'm like, um, he's just like the last one. <laughs> you know, I love y'all, but experience doesn't make us wiser. Evaluated experience makes us wiser. These are the things I've noticed about my life and myself, right? Begin to recognize and name those things and want something different. Experience in and of itself does not make us wiser. Your next time will be like your last time. If you just keep thinking, if I just put my head down and survive this, time will fix this, right? Experience doesn't make us wiser. Evaluated, reflected upon experience makes us wiser. The second myth that we believe is, it's just the way I am. I've always been this way. I, I'm the one who speaks even when I've, to, I've been told, just sit down and be quiet, <laughs> right? It's just the way that I am. That's what I say. And then the next time I'm standing up, sticking my foot in my mouth again, right? Your next, my next time is like my last time because it's just the way that I am. I'm redheaded and have a short temper. My fuse is about this long. That's just the way I am and I've always been. Some of y'all are like, I'm quiet and I don't say anything because I don't have anything good to offer the world. That's just the way that I am. It's the way I've always been. I, I can't get control of this addiction. I've always had an addictive personality. It's just the way I am. I've always been this way. I just keep picking out these bad partners to spend the rest of my, my, my days or my week or my month or whatever with. It's just the way that I am. I've always been like this. I get stuck in, in dead-end jobs. It's just the way I am. I've always been like this. I'm a workaholic, and I cannot get enough work done, and I cannot draw boundaries. It's just the way I am. I've always been like this. I'm too nice. I'm too whatever. It's just the way I am. I've always been this way. Let me tell you something I learned this week, that the thoughts... When we think this thought and it keeps us in this pattern, thoughts are just neurons running around in your brain and then it releases chemicals to your body. So if you're telling yourself, if your neurons in your brain keep saying over and over and over again, I've just always been this way, is it going to motivate your body to prioritize your health? Is it going to motivate your body to do something new or different? No. What do you do? You get stuck in this frozen pattern, right? You just get stuck there. I need to tell you all a truth, okay? This myth has been busted by the God 
who came to John in a vision thousands of years ago and he looked at him and he said, Behold, I am making all things new. Do you hear me? You're not so special that you're not wrapped up in the all things God is making new. You're not the way you are because you've always been this way. There is a God, the God of the world who is making all things new. And he looked at John and he said, write this down for these words are trustworthy and true. You can't think this thought, I'm new. God is making all things new. Write it down for these words, God says, are trustworthy and true. Yeah, that's a verse. He, make it first. I love it. I love it when the screen talks to me through the Holy Spirit. It's awesome. I'm making all things new. You are in that, okay? You are wrapped up in that. You're not so special that God isn't making you new too. The third myth um, that, oh, yes, God is making all things new. Perfect. All right, the third myth that we um, have is time is against me. Time is against me. Anybody thought this lately? That promotion, yes. That promotion's going to run out before I'm going to be qualified for it. My time is running out. All these things, like time is against, I don't have enough time. So two things happen, right? You start to live your life in this hurry because you're running away from time. It's an enemy. It's chasing you. you got to live life like at this high rate of speed, like I'm doing right now. Like I even think my body believes this sometimes, right? Time is against me. Or you give up. Time's against me. It's not on my side anyway. I'm just going to stay right here in this pattern forever. Time is against me. Let me bust this myth for you. The God who's making all things new is the God who's given time to you as a gift. Time is your friend because it is a gift from the God who is for you, not against you. We sang those words already this morning. Time is your friend. God uses time to heal us, to make us new, to bring new people in our lives. Time is your friend. It is a resource, a gift that our God, the creator of the world who is making all things new, has given to you in this moment and this time. It is not against you guys. Quit believing that. It will keep you stuck. Time is your friend. It is a gift and a resource from the God who is making all things new. So y'all are like, okay, I can, I can start to believe those things. I can start to believe those things and stop believing those three things that keep me stuck in my patterns. I can believe to begin that. And this is what happens in our lives so often. This is our story, right? The first time something happens. We do something for the first time, right? And then we hit rock bottom. There's kind of some kind of rock bottom or, or failure kind of moment. And then there's the second time. And what happens between the rock bottom and the second time is really, really important. Some of you are sitting there right now. Something has happened in your life in the last week, in the last month, in the last year, and you are sitting somewhere between how life used to be and some kind of failure or rock bottom moment. 
and you are sitting in that in-between time between that failure, that rock-bottom moment, and the second time, the new life. What happens in that arrow changes it from just the second time it happens to new life. How first time, the low point, and new life. What happens here, what happens here is determined by you making first things first in your life. And before we go on, we just talked about time. I need y'all to know that this arrow is way too short. It's way too short. What usually happens is that arrow drags on and on and on for an uncomfortable amount of time. I'm telling y'all, we are in the back of rights about six months longer than I anticipated us being. This arrow just keeps on growing, keeps on growing. And I have a choice. I have a choice. I can be stuck in the way I was living my life or I can make God's first things first in my life so that we can all begin to experience the new life. What happens here is often an uncomfortable amount of time. There's going to be a time where you hear that whisper, time is against you. It's uncomfortable. Don't, don't stick with your first things first. Don't keep your priorities right. You're going to hear, I've always been this way. I'm not changing yet. That's what happens in that arrow. We don't think God is making all things new. We don't think God is the giver of time. It is a resource and a gift for my life. We don't begin to believe those things. So how do we make these moments in our life? How do we start making first things first? If you have your Bibles, if you'll turn with me to Matthew chapter 6, verse 33. This verse of Scripture comes from the Bible in a section of the Bible that's known as the Sermon on the Mount. So Jesus is standing up on a hill teaching people who are at his feet who are absolutely desperate to make something of that arrow in their life. They're living in a community that's fell apart. They're living lives that make no sense. They're stuck in dead-end careers and terrible relationships, and they want to do something different with that arrow. And they are at the feet of the only person they know that can offer that to him. They're at the feet of Jesus. And this is what he says to desperate people, people desperate for new life, people desperate to recover from a failure, a low point, a pitfall. He says this, seek first, Jesus says, seek first God's kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be given to you as well. Seek first his kingdom and all these things will be given to you as well. The hardest thing to do in that arrow, in that, in that point between the low point and, the, and new life, the hardest thing to do is begin to believe and seek God's kingdom. This word seek first is translated in Greek. It's Z-E-T-E-O, Z-E-T-O. Yep, seek first. And it, seek first is like a good, that's a fun English way to say it. But Zadio, like in Greek, the way Jesus used it means like crave. Anybody here ever had a craving before? This means to crave first the kingdom of God. And when does he say do it? Second, third, halfway through the day? At night before you go to bed? No, what does God, what does Jesus tell people who are desperate for new life, who are in the middle of, 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 of this low point in their life, but want something new to happen in their life, something between new life? What does Jesus tell them to do? Crave first the kingdom of God. What's our culture tell us to do when we get up in the morning? 
crave the news, crave a cup of coffee, crave exercise, crave just get your clothes on and get out the door because you didn't get up on time, right? Like hit the snooze button eight times. What is it that our culture tells us to crave first thing in the morning? What's Jesus tell us to crave? The kingdom of God. The kingdom of God. What does it look like at the first part of the day, before your feet even hit the floor, what does it look like that you close your eyes, God, help me crave your kingdom today for my life, for the people around me, for a city desperate for it, in a world that needs it. Help me, God, to crave your kingdom first before I drink coffee, before I read my whatever books that it is that you read in the morning, before I get my kids up, they get me up most of the time, but before any of that happens, what does it look like for you to crave first the kingdom of God? The first of the week on Sunday morning, y'all wanna know what people who aren't here are doing this morning? Some of them are going to yoga. Some of them are doing brunch. Some of them, the first thing that we seek for the first week, day of the week isn't the kingdom of God. It's the things that will make us feel better. We don't come together with believers, uh, followers of Jesus, and crave first the kingdom of God. What happens here on Sunday mornings is important. If there's a reason it happens at 10 o'clock, we should move it on up to like 7 a.m., you think, on Sunday mornings. <laughs> Seek first on the first of the week. When you're sitting out planning and visioning for your weeks, are you seeking first God's kingdom for your life, for your city, and for the people around you? The first of the month, you look at your finances and your budget. You look at all these things. Are, when you look at those things, are you seeking first, even before you pull up the, the budget spreadsheet, are you seeking first the kingdom of God? The first of the year, what was your new year? It is March the, what's today? March 6th? It's like six, March 5th. It's 63 days into the, the new year. Who here has kept up with your... Don't raise your hands. Who here has kept up with your New Year's resolutions, right? The first of the year, we crave health and purpose and meaning and new life. And 63 days into the new year, what are we seeking? Are we still seeking the things of God? Is our health better? Is our relationships better? Is our volunteer and service in a community desperate for us to shine the light of God and ignite change in the name of Christ? Is it better? First things first. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. This kingdom of God, Jesus could have said, seek first my righteousness, but he didn't. He said the kingdom of God. Because as we move from the new point to new life, we move from self-absorbed people to kingdom-minded people. It happens in low points in life. You just become self-absorbed. The hurt, the pain, the trauma of your life, you just sort of have to, if you don't pay attention and, and, and name it before you start to move on your first, your second, third, fourth, fifth, all the times, you're, you're just going to keep carrying that, that with you. So in that moment of a low point, that emotion, that pain, that trauma, there's a reason why you're self-absorbed for a few moments. But God gives us time. The God who's making all things new gives us time. And he asks us to seek not, seek not what we want, but seek first the kingdom of God. That means it's beyond ourselves. You hear that? Self-absorbed people find ourselves caring deeply about the kingdom of God on this path to new life. 
What is this kingdom of God? We talk about Jesus explains it. The kingdom of God cares about the orphan, people who aren't, who don't have homes. Our foster care system in Hillsborough County is the most populated foster care system in the entire state of Florida. We rank up there in the entire nation. Seek first the kingdom of God. Time's not against us. What does it look like for us to care for those kids in foster care? Not, not, not on down the road right now if we're seeking first the kingdom of God. Care about the widows, they tell, Jesus tells us. The people who had no power, no property, no meaning, no purpose in life. They didn't matter. Second-class citizen doesn't even begin to describe them. The kingdom of God cares about them. And if you want new life, you open your eyes away from your own pain and you begin to care about the people around you who need it. I, I, every Wednesday, I have lunch at Chermonte Elementary School with some kids who are desperate. Literally, they're lunch buddies sitting in this room. They are desperate for an adult to support and care for them. And I go in there a lot of Wednesdays at 11 o'clock after a crazy morning of work. I've had staff meeting and met with people, and I'm just like stressed out and anxious and nervous. And I've usually got construction updates from Panorama, and it's not good. And I go in there all self-absorbed, and I sit down at lunch. And literally, y'all, I do this because I just, I, I do it. I just like, God, let me seek first your kingdom. And it's those wild kids who don't always sit still or, or do what they're supposed to do. As they sit down at lunch, seek first your kingdom. And I leave there, and it's not always a perfect lunch. We don't always have profound conversations. But there's something inside of me that changes when I leave from this lone lunch, I could eat, to get, eat by myself in my house or go out to Woody's and have the best Greek salad in South Tampa. Don't argue with me. Um, or I can go and seek first the kingdom of God with kids who are desperate to know someone loves them and cares for them. What are you doing in those eras, in those gaps, in those points of your life between the low point and the new life that you want? Are you seeking first the kingdom of God? The kingdom of God pays attention to social justice because we care about each other, right? We don't get to just wrap up in what, what politics means for me. And I don't care if you're Democrat or Republican or whatever, right? We don't get to just see how the political party affects us. We seek first the kingdom of God before we circle any, any, you know, those things that you do. Ballot, a ballot, a bubble ballot. Sorry. Um, I'm, I actually do vote, but um, that's beside the store, the point. We care about the hungry and the imprisoned. We care about the needs of the poor. We care about the immigrant, the economically weak, the physically sick, the needs of the poor. Because we seek first the kingdom of God. And we realize the pain and trauma in our own lives is real. And we ought to get some help and deal with it. But we also realize the pain and trauma in the world is real too. And we do something to address it. To bring forth the kingdom of God. And suddenly that arrow between the low point of our life and the new life starts to disappear. And you, you, you're sitting in a, in a worship service and you turn around at this girl who keeps doing the same things over and over and over. And say, you might be lucky to think that your life began on the day that you were born. But your life began the day that you sought first the kingdom of God in new and refreshing ways. And this is what's good about that, is there can be somebody else. There's going to be some kid sitting at a picnic table under an oak tree filled with pollen at Cheremonte Elementary School. 
There's going to be some hungry person that got fed at the Gandy Civic Center years ago when we couldn't do anything else, so we did the best we could by giving out food. There's going to be somebody who, because you sought first the kingdom of God in your life, says, hey, that moment between the low moment in my life and the new life I'm experiencing happened because someone else sought first the kingdom of God. This season of your life can be different. Things can change. God is making all things new. I'm standing here because I have learned to be quiet when people tell me to be quiet. When they say you need to listen, I'm learning to keep my mouth shut and listen to other people. And I've learned a lot about race and, and, and social justice and all like imprisonment. I've learned a lot when I've sat down and I've stopped talking. And it's a new, I can't do that. I couldn't will myself to do it by myself. I'm standing here as a new and changed person. I've still got room to go, but it's because of God. It's because when I seek first the kingdom of God, something inside of you literally shifts and you begin to care deeply and desperately about a world that needs light and change. So shine God's light. Ignite that change in a world desperate for it. This morning we're going to take communion, but after communion, um, some pastors are going to be up here and they're going to pray. They're going to hand you a magnet that can go on your refrigerator or wherever you want to put it and put it somewhere where you'll see it and it will remind you to seek first God's kingdom. Put it somewhere where you're, if you need to give this away to somebody else, like, honey, you are not seeking first the kingdom. Don't you do that. (laughs) But, but. Put this somewhere where you can remember to seek first the kingdom of God. They're going to give this to you and pray just a quick little blessing over you after communion. But each week here at Horizon, um, sorry, each week here at Horizon, we take communion. And communion is a reminder um, for us of the, it's a reminder of the last meal that Jesus had with his disciples. And it's a, it's this moment, this command where we remember and we are sent forth, right? That God, we believe that God is still doing something powerful as powerful in this moment as he did on the night before he gave himself up for us to redeem this world and make it new on the night before Jesus gave himself up for us on the cross. He took, he took bread in a room with his closest friends and followers he, he gathered in a room with them, and he had his last meal. And at the end, at, at, during the meal, he took bread that was at their table. He gave thanks to God that they had bread at their table. If you're ready for new life, pay attention to one thing you have in front of you, and you can give God thanks for He gave thanks to God for the bread they had at their table. And then he offered it to his closest friends and followers, his disciples, and he said, This is my body, which is given for you. The world's going to have you chasing after all kinds of other bread, and things, I'm telling you, seek first me and my kingdom. This is my body, Jesus said, which is going to be given for you. And then when the supper was over, he took juice. He took wine. We're going to have juice this morning. He gave thanks to God. They had it at his table. And he shared it with his closest friends and followers. And he said, this is my blood. The new covenant given to you and to many for the forgiveness of sins because he knows what's between first times and new life 
and that is letting go of the shame and pain, being released by the forgiveness of Jesus to live new life. This, Jesus says, this is my blood given to you and to many for the forgiveness of sins. And they ate the meal. They ate the meal. They ate the bread and they drank the juice. And then he said this, the most important thing you can do is, is be sustained by this meal, be hopeful about it, know that I'm making all things new, but the best thing you can do after that is go and tell the world about this good news through your words and through your deeds. When you seek first the kingdom of God, Jesus says all of these things will be added unto you. It's gonna start adding up. That new life is gonna start adding up all around you. This morning, I wanna invite you to come, take a, take a piece of bread, dip it in the juice, go back to your seat, pray. What is it that God is asking for you to seek? Some of you may have never made the decision to seek first God's kingdom. Some of you, it's your third or fourth or fifth. You're just always in this, this pattern of seeking first God's kingdom. But somebody in this room may have never, ever chosen to follow Jesus. May this be the first time. I would love to pray with you and help you into your next steps into new life offered to us by the Jesus who is bringing his kingdom here through people just like you. Come.